Hello and welcome to your March edition of 360, your essential Cardano monthly roundup featuring some of the people and projects building out the Cardano ecosystem. Coming up in today's show, we'll learn more about the community activity around SIP 1694, the improvement proposal at the heart of Cardano governance in the age of Voltaire. We'll also hear all about Dynamic P2P, rolling out now from architect Duncan Coots. And later in the show, we'll be joined by OneChain with news on their interoperability solution for Cardano. Plus a few more projects building on Cardano this month, Aiken, Claynation, and the Cardano Blockchain Infrastructure Alliance. Now, before we dive in, you know the drill. Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that bell icon for all the latest Cardano content and news from the team here at IOG. The story of Cardano has been one of growth through research, innovation, and community collaboration. SIP 1694 describes Cardano's future on-chain governance mechanisms, and it's an important step towards the creation of a self-sustaining system built on community contribution and consensus. IOG, Emergo, and the Cardano Foundation recently brought together key leaders and contributors from the community to offer their insights and input in a special two-day technical workshop in Colorado. The goal? To capture some further thinking on the SIP and set the stage for more community feedback opportunities over the months ahead. Let's hear more on that from some of the folks attending and me. The Age of Voltaire is all about governance, fully unlocking the Cardano community's contributions to create a self-sustaining system. So we're here today at IOG's offices in Colorado, co-hosting a special technical workshop with the Cardano Foundation and Emergo. And joining us, we've got a small, but we hope representative group of community contributors. What is interesting about Voltaire is that we can have this conversation now between the technical decisions that are made and the rest of the community. The root of our successful governance is making sure that every voice is heard. How do we express the will of everyone in the Cardano ecosystem? How do we move beyond this initial bootstrapping phase? We need to make a constitution. How do we do that? So SIP 1694 is a Cardano improvement proposal named after the birth year of the French Enlightenment thinker Voltaire. And it's a key component of Cardano's next generation of governance, which is now being designed and community co-created. So the way that it works is we do discussions within our table and then we do roundtable discussions with the whole group and those kind of sparks of ideas have been really fantastic. The problem when you build these things in isolation is that you tend to be a bit in your own head and then sometimes you get stuck on a particular solution. And by bringing a larger group of people in that look at it from a clean slate, you find significantly simpler ways of doing things that accomplish the same outcome that you want to achieve. So the simplification has been a godsend. So the SIP will deliver the key on-chain mechanisms that will further empower democratic decision-making across the whole ecosystem. And with this workshop, we're capturing input and looking to take full advantage of the Cardano community's incredible hive mind and sharing the outputs, of course, with the wider community as we continue on that journey to move the SIP towards validation and ultimately implementation. Whenever you start a project like this, it's gonna be necessary to have a bootstrapping phase. But as we grow, as we expand the protocol, we need to find ways to have more governance, more ways of hearing the, everybody's voices that will be sustainable 
for not just you know a few years, but the next hundred years. I think what's critical is that we build a strong institution that really is drawing from the community in, in a broad, uh, diverse way. Now that we've got this group of people in this room, they're passionate, they're devoted to this process, they're actually trying to move this needle forward and we're doing it in a, in a directed way, in a guided way, but that's open to every viewpoint that's in the room. The promise of Voltaire and a truly decentralized governance mechanism on-chain is the most important part of Cardano that we have to get right. It's very difficult to kind of capture everything that you would want for a perfect system to work right at the start. So I think it's just very important to have this mindset of like an iterative approach, future-proof design. I think governance is something that's going to need to evolve. So we'll probably start with a minimal viable governance and then we will be able to build on top of it. Nothing is really getting decided here, but it's laying the foundation for the decisions that'll get made later. So we're talking about topics such as enhancing participation, DREPs, voting thresholds, community tooling, and much more, drilling down into the current SIP and moving it forwards. And of course, we couldn't invite everybody today, but it's really just the first step. We hope we've got good representation from across the community, from educators, developers, SPOs, academics. Ultimately, this process is all about embellishing that participatory governance function for Cardano, built on the three pillars of legitimate institutions, constitutional representation, and democratic consent, so that everyone in the ecosystem has a chance to become an active contributor and influence the further ongoing evolution of Cardano. So the whole community will be rallying around Voltaire this year, and this workshop is a, is a crucial early step in that journey. Now, while we're in Colorado, we wanted to take the opportunity to hear from some of the key authors moving the SIP forwards. Now, you can find the full video in the link below, but let's hear a little bit from them as they discuss the SIP process and the role of SIP 1694 in Cardano's ongoing governance journey. We've been uh, engaged in a pretty deep discussion with the community about the nature of blockchain governance and specifically uh, the role of SIP 1694 uh, in uh, how we transform and upgrade the governance of Cardano in order to make it more resilient, decentralized, and transparent. To establish some guardrails, we, we tried to break this debate into three buckets. We talked about the concept of consent, we talked about the concept of institutions, and the concept of rules that are hard to change. Uh, so in the case of consent, this is really the meat and potatoes of, of what SIP 1694 is about. The minimum viable governance layer, both on-chain and off-chain, that would be required to get a consensus amongst the people who hold and use ADA and are members of the ecosystem to consent to changes to the system. This is a very ambitious overall agenda, uh, and it started as an internal research project and now it's expanded to uh, a workshop involving external actors across the entire community, a good representative sample of many people who've been in Cardano for years. And by no means is this the end of it. What's gonna happen from this workshop is that many more workshops will be held by those community members. And then our hope is to try to aggregate together all the comments and feedback to a closing workshop and also a test net, which will then be able to allow people to play around with not only the protocol level governance tools, but then begin building community tools to help enforce this structure and get it operational.
I'd like to say thank you to all the community that joined us with this uh, workshop. Um, it was very exciting for us to find out that a lot of the things that we found that were complicated and we thought were going to be hard, the community also agrees are complicated and going to be hard. So there's a lot of consensus in that range. There's a lot of excitement in the community to help with this, to start building the tooling for it. So this is not just going to be IOG basically pushing this out and providing all the tooling. It's going to be a huge community effort. It's fun to get to communicate better what is and isn't possible because it's not obvious unless you're uh, very down in the weeds um, and sort of make it better understood what the trade-offs are between what we can do now, what's hard, what's very hard. And it's something we've actually discussed for a few other SIBs where we thought, you know, this is a, such a complicated topic that it might deserve just spending a few days with selected group of people to make sure we can discuss it through and, and, and have a form of consensus on, on some of the, of the debates. And what's interesting about the, the workshop we're having here is we can see there is a general consensus on the backbone of the proposal. And people seem to agree that we, we need to start with something simple, something that gets us in a slightly better situation than what we have now. And that gives us time to think about the future after that. And that in itself is, is well, a good first step to take. Obviously, what we need to do is to maintain the security, the stability, and the long-term sustainability of Cardano. And I think that the mechanisms that we've been describing in SIP 1694, uh, they're designed to allow exactly that kind of balance to, to occur. You know, this is not just a piece of software. This, this is something that people are using, people's homes, their lives, their livelihoods, all depend right. on the successful operation of Cardano. And maybe we're not always aware of that, but it's incredibly important. Now, if you want to see the output from the workshop session, we've added a link below. And there'll be more news on those community workshops this summer very soon. So stay tuned. Last month saw the Valentine upgrade, bringing a key enhancement to interoperability on Cardano with the release of new cryptographic primitives. Now, one of the projects leveraging this new capability is OneChain, who've just announced the availability of their cross-chain bridge on the Cardano pre-production environment. Let's check in with OneChain's own VP of Engineering, Weijia Zhang, for more on this exciting initiative. I'm Matthew Capps, Community Manager at IOG. I'm here with Weijia of OneChain. Weijia, welcome back to the show. Can you briefly introduce yourself and the project for anybody who doesn't know? Thank you. My name is Wei Jia Zhang. I'm VP of Engineering of OneChain. OneChain is a project focusing on building bridges to connect different blockchains. We have been doing this for a couple of years, and we feel great to be invited here to give an introduction for the bridges of OneChain and Cardano to improve the interoperability of Cardano. So speaking about interoperability, what is blockchain interoperability, and why is it important for Cardano? The word interoperability is a overloaded word. When we say interoperability, we actually mean cross-chain interoperability, which means that we want to cross-transfer uh, the asset, the data, and even command application from one blockchain to another to make a blockchain work more easily with other blockchains. It's just like internet connecting different PCs. Interoperability is to connect different blockchains. That's what we mean by interoperability. And this is important for Cardano because uh, Cardano ecosystem is very much confined within the Cardano blockchain itself. And we want to make Cardano's uh, asset uh, and data available to other blockchains and vice versa. We also want uh, asset and data of other blockchains to be mirrored or transferred onto Cardano blockchain as well. 
So what is one thing that OneChain is doing to help make Cardano interoperable? Well, OneChain is very good at uh, bridging uh, heterogeneous blockchains. Sometimes it's very easy to build bridges for homogeneous blockchains, like EVM-compatible blockchains. And Cardano blockchain has been in our top list for a while. And we noticed that uh, it was pretty hard because uh, Cardano, the whole architecture, the languages are very different from Ethereum blockchain. Uh, Cardano support uh, POS at that time, and, and uh, Ethereum support POW at that time. And then the Cardano has uh, Plutos and then the, has Haskell program language, while Ethereum type has EVM and the Solidity programming languages. And to make it kind of interoperable, you need to bridge these differences. You actually implemented the Sonora signature and uh, uh, SECP 256K1 a curve, which is great. And then we are able to leverage that and then the build bridges for, for Cardano. So I think that's, that's very good. So what do OneChain's decentralized non-custodial bridges bring to the Cardano ecosystem? When we say decentralized, we mean that any body can serve as a bridge node. If you stake asset to the bridge, you are able to run bridge node. And that is very different from centralized bridges, right? And that makes it decentralized. And non-custodial, we do not take custody of a user's wallet. It's a pass-through. Then we do not manage user's wallet. And that, that is very good, and that brings security as well to, uh, to the bridge. So I think uh, with uh, this uh, decentralized and non-custodial bridges, we can build a very uh, solid interoperability solution for Cardano so that the asset on data can be transferred from Cardano back to Cardano very, very easily. So how can the Cardano community engage with or learn more about OneChain? Yeah, OneChain has a website, onechain.org, and they list a lot of uh, solutions and also the architecture and also bridges uh, for blockchains that OneChain connect to. And OneChain also has uh, Telegram and also a GitHub uh, location as well. You can get this information from their website. And also, OneChain is doing a bug bounty for the bridge that we are building on the pre-production. So users can go to that bridge and then do some testing and find bugs and they get some reward for, for their effort. Do you have anything else to share about the bug bounty program? Well, thank you for asking that question. Yes, uh, we will announce, make an announcement. And then the, as far as I know, the bug bounty will be rewarded with both uh, ADA and, and WANG. And then the uh, users can try very hard to find the, the security issues. If they find security issues, they'll get a lot of reward for that. And then they can also do end-to-end -end, uh, transfer. And then if they succeed in that, I think they they could be reward for that as well. And, and one thing that's also important is that if users do some uh, operations and do some transactions and they write down their experience and they also possibly get some reward for that. So it's just a normal bounty program is, is, is common, but we also encourage users to give us information about their user experience as well. Is there anything else on the horizon that you'd like to share with the community? First is the, the bridge right, that connects uh, Cardano with EVM-compatible blockchains, and that's the first step. And second step is that uh, we're also building sidechains for Cardano. And uh, OneChain has a lot of experience in that, and uh, OneChain's solution can be customized into a land chain, which is an enterprise solution, and then be a sidechain solution for Cardano as well. And we can also play a role in building the framework 
for Cateno uh, sidechain solution. So that's that's what we are looking for. And I think going in the future, there is also a possibility for layer twos. I have not heard much about layer two solution for Cateno yet, but I think with layer two, with zero knowledge proof, there can be something done on that in the long run as well. So that's something we're looking forward to. Well, thank you so much for being on the show with us, Weijia. It was a pleasure. Great to be here in this Cateno uh, 360 show. Thank you. So a great opportunity there for community developers to get involved. So if you want to uh, join in as the OneChain Bridge makes its way to Mainnet, be sure to check out their recent blog, and we've put the link for you there below. Dynamic peer-to-peer -peer networking, or Dynamic P2P, enables SPO relays to automatically connect to each other, replacing the current manual configuration process. It saves SPOs time and effort, optimizes network performance, adds resilience, and improves network security. Duncan Coots recently recorded an excellent explainer video deep diving into what P2P brings to Cardano. Now you'll find the full version linked below, but let's take a quick look. So the dynamic peer-to-peer -peer release is going to bring a number of, of benefits. What it's really going to do is automate the way that the topology is constructed between SPOs, block producers and relays, but really between the relays of the different SPOs. So in this release, it is not about connecting SPOs relays directly to end users' nodes. It's about automating the way in which the SPO relays connect to each other. But in this release, the crucial thing that will be changing is about how SPO relays connect to each other. The key thing that's changing is that this is now becoming far more automated. Right now, SPOs have to use a somewhat manual configuration system to, to statically specify the set of peers that each of their relays will connect to, that will become automated in a couple of different ways. With a, a much more automated system that makes up this dynamic peer-to-peer -peer release, instead what happens is the entire set of all SPO relays are all available to be picked, so you don't need a static list of like 50, they're all there, and then there's a target of, let's say, 20, which can be configured, but 20 is a reasonable number, and the system will continuously ensure that that target number of connections to other SBI relays is maintained, even as other peers come and go. So that gives us better resource uh, utilization, because all of these you know, upstream connections have a cost, so we don't need to over-provision. Okay, so the dynamic peer-to-peer -peer release then gives us a number of benefits. So we, we get better security overall because this is about resistance to whole network denial of service attacks or distributed denial of service attacks. It should have some improvements to the performance and scalability of the network. This has been a long time in the making. It's gone through quite a long research and development phase. Then there was a development phase, including very extensive internal testing in simulated environments using a technique that we use extensively called property-based testing. And then we have been running it with a few SPOs uh, who've been very helpful with uh, sort of pre-production versions, trying things out, running versions of peer-to-peer -peer enabled relays in the mainnet for some time but just as a sort of private nodes that, that we were running and monitoring, or one or two that you know, certain SPOs were helping us with. And now we're finally getting to the stage of an inclusion into 
into a main release and that we're asking all SPOs to start to try. I hope that has been interesting and a little bit enlightening about what's happening with the network layer and the peer-to-peer release. Now it's time to meet a few more of the projects building on Cardano. This month, we're joined by Lucas from Akin talking developer experience, Marvin from the Cardano Blockchain Infrastructure Alliance, and last but definitely not least, we've got Lena from Clay Nation with more news about some of the exciting collaborations she and the team have been working on. Hello everyone, my name is Anitza and I'm part of community and ecosystem team here at IO. Today with us we have Lucas Rosa, who is one of the creators of Icon. So welcome, Lucas. Hey, glad to be here. Thank you. I'm really happy to see you on the show and thank you for joining. Can you tell us more about yourself and about Aiken? I'm Lucas Rosa from Miami, Florida, and I'm one of the creators of Icon. Icon is a new programming language that's been specifically designed to improve the development experience of Cardano. It's easy to learn. It includes many features that developers have come to expect in a modern language, and it's designed to be easy to integrate with other languages and tools. So considering that Icon is an open source project, do you have any use cases to share with us? Yes, some use cases include Lucid, which is a transaction building library for JavaScript and TypeScript maintained by Spacebuds. And Spacebuds is also building an NFT marketplace using Icon for the smart contract. I understand there is a lot on the horizon for Icon. Can you tell us about that and how you think the tool that you're building is improving Cardano? So on the horizon, we have an official alpha that we'll be announcing this month. And then after that, we'll start working towards some of the other items on our roadmap for sort of post-alpha Q1 2023 stuff, which includes a package registry and code generation for off-chain transaction building, as well as property-based testing for the unit test that we already have in Icon itself. And we believe that this is improving Cardano by improving the developer experience. And in order to speed up adoption and innovation, developers need tools that not only get the job done, but are also easy to use while helping them learn about Cardano along the way. How can community get in touch or find out more about Icon? The community can stay in touch and up to date by going to our Discord, where we're very active and even discuss development there. We have a website with tutorials if people are interested in getting started. If people are interested in contributing, they can go to GitHub and open issues, submit pull requests and start discussions. And we also have a Twitter where we update regularly about the project. Thank you. If you want to find out more about Icon, you can look for website link in the description. And uh, it was really a pleasure finding out more about this project. And thank you, Lucas, for sharing that with us. Thank you. Hi, everyone. My name is Ben. I'm the Community Chapter Director for IOG. And I'm joined today by Marvin Burton, who's the co-founder of Maestro, which is AP developer platform and Genius Yield, which is a DEX and yield optimizer. He's going to talk to us a little bit about a new nonprofit organization called the Cardano Blockchain Infrastructure Alliance. Marvin, do you want to give yourself an introduction and expand on that a little bit? Uh, yes, absolutely. First of all, thanks for having me. Uh, yes, I'm Marvin Burton. I'm one of the founding members of the CBIA. The CBIA stands for the Cardano Blockchain Infrastructure Alliance. It's a new Cardano alliance that brings together top Cardano builders that have shaped the Cardano ecosystem by creating blockchain infrastructure software and developer tools. 
these are projects like TX Pipe and Gimbal Labs and many more that have had a large positive impact on the ecosystem. As an organization, our mission is to empower developers to more easily build EUTXO-based applications by helping grow and mature the Cardano ecosystem as a whole. 2022 brought some exciting upgrades to Cardano, specifically thanks to the Vassal upgrade, and 2023 isn't going to disappoint either. With the Valentine upgrade and P2P, there's a number of improvements to the core infrastructure happening. With all of that in mind, Marvin, what is your alliance looking to help champion as Cardano continues to expand? One of the objectives of the CBIA is to create a, a line of communication between IOG and infrastructure open source projects on Cardano. For example, every time there is a node upgrade that introduces new ledger features that requires many projects downstream to upgrade their software accordingly to support these new features. And since many of those dApps and wallets are actually leveraging open source software under the hood, it's important to foster this bilateral line of communication between all the stakeholders in order to speed up the adoption of these new standards. And so this is exactly the role that the CBI wants to play in kind of fostering more collaboration and adoption of, of these new uh, standards and features. Thanks to CBIA for joining today and sharing more about your missions and goals for the year ahead. As Cardano continues to evolve new tools and resources that are going to bring new members into the ecosystem, understanding future infrastructure needs has never been more important. So Marvin, have you got any final words? The Cardano developer ecosystem grows and matures over time and inevitably it will become easier and easier to build and scale dApps on Cardano. So the CBI simply aims to basically accelerate this transformation by fostering more collaboration across open source community. We want to provide more resources to help build on Cardano. And also we want to help onboard the next generation of developers coming to Cardano. So overall, if, if our mission resonates with you and you want to learn more about our organization, you can find us at the cbia.io. Our organization is just getting started, but stay tuned for further announcements in the coming weeks. Thanks, Marvin, for being with us, and I'm looking forward to talking again soon. So thanks again, and see you next time. Hi, Lena, and welcome to the show. Can you briefly introduce yourself, your project, and its purposes for anybody who doesn't know you guys? I'm Lena, I'm the founder of Play Nation, and while we started out as an animation project, over the last couple of years, we've grown to become something much more than that. Um, we're now a multidimensional project, which focuses on NFTs, but also on gaming. And we're building out a virtual festival environment, which will continue to grow over the next few years as well. So what's been going on with Clay Nation this year? Yeah, so already this year, we've had a couple of exciting announcements. One of which is that we announced that we'll be the first Galano project to partner with The Sandbox. So The Sandbox is a really popular virtual gaming world, one of the most recognized Metaverse projects. And we really think it is a significant step forward for interoperability in the Web3 ecosystem. This integration hopefully demonstrates the potential for Cardano-based projects such as ourselves to expand beyond Cardano and reach a wider audience and hopefully then onboard people to Cardano in that same realm of things. That is very exciting. So what does this sandbox announcement mean for the Cardano community? So something that's really exciting is that we're working with the very talented Smobler Studios to create these in-game experiences and, and quests for the community. So one of those things will mean that you're actually able to use your PlayNation characters in the sandbox and play those games as your PlayNation but voxelized. 
the Voxel world is pretty spectacular and I think we're still going to be able to keep that clay feel in our experiences that we're sharing with you guys. We'll be providing more details on that very soon. So do you have any other announcements to share with the community? After the Sandbox news, we also released and revealed some of our plans for the stand. So you might be wondering why our Play Nation characters don't have pants uh, or trousers, as we call them in the UK. We are releasing the stand, which will be in a massive virtual 3D environment. And it's going to be built entirely using a web framework that we've developed ourselves. Although we're releasing it initially as the stand, the framework itself will be able to be used to create a variety of experiences. So not just a trouser shop, we'll also be able to create gaming environments, uh, virtual hangout spaces, music concerts, workshops, educational zones, you know, a massive portfolio. So galleries, people love, you know, showing off their NFTs, rightly so, and a lot more. So I know you've got an exciting event schedule this year. Can you tell us anything about the events you've been to and the ones that are coming up? Yeah, so we've just got back from NFT Paris. Um, initially, I felt a bit subdued by the fact that we did have a lot of waiting around. There was a lot of queuing. But then I actually realised this is probably a good thing. In a sense, it means there's still that demand. There's still that interest. You know, there's still thousands of people that want to get to those stages and get to those talks and hear from people and interact with people. And, you know, overall, that, that can't, be, can't be a bad thing. can't be seen as a bad thing. So that was great. I met some wonderful people there. Saw some of the guys from the Kadana Foundation as well. Coming up, and by the time this is released, um, we would have been to South by Southwest. We're going to that because we really believe in terms of onboarding more people and having great conversations. We need to dive beyond just blockchain and crypto and NFT events. And then also going to NFT events. So we are going to NFT NYC in April. And we know JPEG Store are going to be there. And we can't wait to hang out with them and hang out with all the Cardano community that are going to rock up. Now, are there any other projects in the Cardano ecosystem that have caught your attention? This is something that comes up a lot. And in, back in the day, I could definitely answer with a few more NFT projects that maybe I was minting or taking part in. But I've been so busy with Clonation that I haven't had that time to dedicate to the research. But recently, I've been really impressed continuously, actually, with Ada Handles. I think they've got some cool things cooking up their sleeves. Where I'm looking forward to seeing how they work with other projects, actually, in the coming months. I think that's going to be interesting. There's been a few new marketplaces launched, which I know that aren't projects, but it's still really nice to see. It's good to see that there's, you know, options coming for the, for the ecosystem. And I'll go on, I'll shout out Greenballs. I think that they're just having a lot of fun. And it's nice to see our community, you know, messing around with theirs and having a, having a good time. Because there has been a bit of negativity in the place, like it's undeniable. And it's just really nice to see a project that's actually just there to have a good time and make good memes and have a laugh. <laughs> so do you have any last thoughts for the community? I love the community to watch this space. With the recent launch of the Clay Space, we actually will have new and exciting features being released over the coming months. We just hosted our first raffle and we're going to have another couple of those releasing never-before-seen animations and behind-the-scenes. It'll be a great way to get involved and maybe join our community for as little as, you know, a couple of ADA in a raffle or something like that. So look forward to that. So how does the community get in touch with you guys? So there's a number of different routes you can take, depending on how formal you want to be. Um, we have a contact form on our website, but we also have our Twitter and our Discord, which are the most open for anyone to dive in, ask a question, make friends with one of our mods or handy helpers. And I'm also available on Twitter. I try and get back to my most of my DMs. So yeah, feel free to send a message there. Well, thank you, Lena, so much for joining us on the show. It is always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I'll see you soon. So that's pretty much it for this month, but a couple more things before we close. The Hydra team continues to make great strides, working closely with the developer community to bring Hydra to mainnet. In fact, in March's Hydra community call, 
the team gave a special demo of the first instance of a Hydra head running on the Cardano mainnet. So if you want to check that video out, take a look at the YouTube link below. We'll have Sebastian on the show next month to tell us more about Hydra's journey and the progress that's been made. But meanwhile, if you're interested in getting involved or to join the April call, make sure you follow the Hydra announcements channel on the IOG Technical Community Discord server. Again, link is below. Also keep an eye out for more soon from the Project Catalyst team at IOG, who will be sharing more details about a special voting event. So meanwhile, you might like to dust off those QR codes or get yourself registered for Catalyst if you want to get involved. That's it for March. See you all next month.